The following podcast contains coarse language. Listener discretion is advised. This podcast was a spur-of-the-moment podcast. Brad decided he wanted to tell everybody how cool the 80s was and about a bunch of 80s things that most 2000s and 90s kids know nothing about. He felt it was his duty to explain how cool the 80s actually was and how pretty much that the 2000s sucked. Welcome to this special episode of the Raven Television Addict Podcast. Um, I decided I was going to do this one because um, Talk Junkie um, Podcast, Justin Perkins, he had did one about why he enjoys VHS and about like all the memories and stuff about VHS and about movies in general. Well, I seen Texas Chainsaw Massacre when I was probably like six or seven years old, and I've seen some strange B-movies through my lifetime. I mean, I've been on this earth 38 years, and I've seen tons and tons of movies. I have an extremely, like, huge DVD collection, because DVDs, when they took over, I mean, it was big big when they took over around 1997 is when dvds started getting like more people started around the early 2000s wanting their dvds and stuff but vhs still hanged on or hung on for like a long time vhs was like the longest video format that survived I mean, throughout, like, media, we had, like, 8-track, cassette, um, record, and vinyl albums. And uh, vinyl has made a comeback. You can go to Walmart and buy brand-new vinyl records, but I don't want to play the, pay those brand-new vinyl record prices of 30 bucks. I mean, I like the sound of vinyl, but I don't like it 30 to $32 for a record uh, that good. I mean, something about vinyl, it's just like the pops and the cracks that you get with vinyl. It just makes you very nostalgic. I can remember when uh, the read-along books came out like years ago. I used to have Indiana Jones one and had this old record player. And I would listen to that like all damn day long until that record was popping and cracking so bad that you could barely make it out. But that's a memory, you know of us 80s kids growing up listening to vinyl records we i bet we all had a read-along book that's actually how i learned to read good was them read-along books back in the day seemed like they made a read-along book of everything i mean i had a ton of those back in the day i remember james bond i had a spider-man one um i had indiana jones and the temple of doom uh, Star Wars, Empire Strikes Back, New Hope, Return of the Jedi. Man, I love those read-along books. And here about maybe two or three years ago, I bought a brand new one off of eBay uh, due to its rarity. And I'm pretty sure that the copyright on that is is like Disney don't care anymore, considering that they uh, 
don't make this one anymore. And with the 30th anniversary of Ernest Goes to Camp coming up, I might actually do a podcast and have the whole audio so you all can listen to it. But there was Ernest Goes to Camp read along that came out in like 87, I believe, is when it came out. It's uh, narrated by Jim Varney. And I mean, I mean, and he reads it and everything, and he and uh, it's just really great. I mean, Jim Varney, he's been dead and gone for years, but everybody loved the Ernest movies. That was that was memories from the '80s, the Ernest movies. I mean, I'm sure that if Justin has listened to this, he he knows what I'm talking about. Ernest goes to camp, man. Ernest goes to camp. Ernest scared stupid. Ernest goes to jail. There was like so many Ernest movies. But here's a little tidbit that a lot of people don't know about Jim Varney. Uh, Jim Varney just, like, did commercials. And then they decided one day, hey, we're going to make a movie. And the first movie people like to think was uh, Ernest Goes to Camp when he actually played his Ernest character in a movie, but that is wrong. In 1985, they made a movie called Dr. Otto and the Riddle of the Gloom Beam in which the beginning, depending on which version you watch, because I've seen seen a version that uh, doesn't have this in it, and I've seen a version that does. At the beginning, it's like Ernest is talking to Vern, and he get and he built this uh, cha- this like uh, changing coffin thing where he can get in it, so he can change into different characters. And throughout the movie, he plays a character of Doctor Otto. Uh, which is uh, like a mad scientist that's got a hand on his head, and that, which you may remember from the Hey Vern, It's Ernest uh, television series that they made. Then uh, he does this like um, Annie Nelda, they call her, the girl with the green, uh, the old woman with the green dress, and that's where Jim Varney got his start. Now, I'm trying to give some of you uh, kids that didn't grow up in the 80s a little history about the cool shit that we had in the 80s that you all probably don't know anything about anymore like we had the read-along books that like i mentioned we had like earnest movies we had uh uh some of the best movies come out in the 80s the goonies um we had uh gremlins that came out in the 80s uh we had uh a bunch of like action movies as uh, Perkins uh, as mentioned on Talk Junkie before like American Ninja but now 80s was big for Chuck Norris Chuck Norris was big shit in the 80s there was Delta Force there was um, Missing in Action 1 through 3 Invasion USA um, and one of uh, what I consider Chuck Norris's greatest movies is a little sleeper hit, is what I call it, because it people probably ain't heard of it, and the people that have heard of it probably don't remember it, but it was kind of a ripoff of, like, Halloween or something. The movie was called Silent Rage. It came out in 1982, and it's a great movie. Um, I noticed that Mill Creek Entertainment, which uh, is known to release uh, some pretty good like movies on dvd that uh, and uh, blu-ray that don't get uh, the recognition that they deserve has released a blu-ray 
of uh, Silent Rage. And it's got like a retro-looking VHS packaging. And they did that for a movie called uh, The Legend of Billie Jean. That was an 80s classic. Um, we had the Ghoulies movies. We had Troll. We had a bunch of those, like, Charles Band movies that came out in the 80s. We had Puppet Master that came out in 1989. Now, I'm trying not to go past, like, the 80s of some of the great movies that we had. We had uh, Red Dawn with uh, Patrick Swayze and uh, Charlie Sheen before he got on all the dope. Really, really, really great movie. We had The Thing. We had They Live. Um... We had Mannequin, as uh, Perkins had mentioned in another one of his podcasts. But as I've said before, and I've said this this to Mug, and uh, I think I've said this to Perkins too, maybe an instant message, but I preferred Mannequin 2 over the first Mannequin. But Mannequin 1 was good for the fact that it had G.W. Bailey, who played Captain Harris in the Police Academy movies. That's another big franchise from the 80s we had, Police Academy. Movies today is not going to have the effect on you all like they did on us. Because I'll tell you why. You all have it so damn easy now with the streaming. You go to Netflix, you'd be like, okay, I'm going to watch uh, Honey Boo Boo or something, you know. And uh, back in our day, we didn't have that shit. We had to go to a video store. And as Justin mentioned in his podcast, which I hope he's listening to this one, um, he was talking about Video Solution and Movies and Munchies. Well, I don't recall ever going to Movies and Munchies, or Movies and Munch, Munchie, or whatever he called it. I don't recall going to that one. But I do recall going to Video Solution all the time and renting games and stuff. I remember I rented Bart vs. the Space Mutants on Nintendo over there. And uh, I remember renting, like, movies. And, and when they went out of business, I bought, like, Halloween 2, um, Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2, and some other movies off of him. But the sad thing is they didn't have the boxes anymore. I bought the Halloween 5 and, sadly, VHS tapes mold, so those are all gone now. I'm on the lookout for uh, the media home video release of Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2. If anybody has it and wants to sell it cheaply or wants to donate it to me, I would love to have it because that's one of my fondest memories of going to the video store. Which the video store that that movie was rented from wasn't like your everyday video store. This video store was kind of in a gas station slash garage. That used to be located in Scuddy, Kentucky, and it was it's where the primary care center is in Scuddy now. It used to be like a gas station slash garage. And just like going in there, and I mean, he didn't have many movies, but he had some good movies. And I was in there one day. This had to be probably around like 1990 or so. And um, I went in there and... Uh, I got my dad to rent me Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2. And ever since that day, I've loved that movie. It's just like the cover art. It was like a ripoff of the Breakfast Club cover. If you look at the Breakfast Club cover and the Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2 original cover side by side, it's just like a complete like redo, pretty much, of the Texas Chainsaw Massacre 
and Breakfast Club cover, they're pretty much the same. So, I just, I don't know. Kids today, they have it so easy. They can go to Netflix. We had to go to a video store and hope the movie was there. Now, in your big uh, movie chains, like Blockbuster, which we didn't have around here or nothing like that, um, which some video stores, I remember, Apollo Rentals over in uh, Hyman in the Holly Hill, they used to have video rentals in there. I remember I went in there and bought the VHS of Rad. Any 80s kid would probably remember Rad because it was one of the greatest BMX uh bike movies that there was it was about a boy named crew jones that was like a bmx biker and he was racing mongoose bicycles on hell track that movie is a classic i'm gonna ask you you uh kids that didn't grow up in the 80s but maybe grew up in the early 2000s tell me one good movie that you can say that you have a memory of like going to the video store and renting Video stores are pretty much gone. That's the sad thing. They're pretty much gone. It used to be my dream when I was in high school that when I got out of high school, I'd open me a video store. But by the time I got out of high school, video was, was uh, VHS and stuff was in its heyday. And I know when where DVDs was out that VHS would not last long. But there is still one video store left in Knott County where... I live and and Justin Perkins is from Talk Junkie is from. It's called American Video, but pretty much, uh, I think Justin mentioned this in, in one of his podcasts. All he has is DVD. I did buy a VHS tape off of him once uh, of Psychomania. I don't think I still have it. It was like a seventies uh, motorcycle um, cult type movie where they like sold their souls to the devil to come back from the grave or some shit. It was just an old, old movie. Um, but yeah, video stores, I mean, uh, like Apollo Rentals and stuff, if you went into the video store, it was pretty much set up like a blockbuster. And there was a little video store in Vico that I bought some DVDs and stuff from. They rented videos. I bought quite a bit of VHS tapes from them when they was... Uh, clearing out their vhs stock anywhere from 50 cents to a dollar a piece and um you know got some really good movies i don't know if i still got any of them because i gave a bunch of my vhs away i wish i'd known perkins when i done that i was clearing out a bunch of pretty much commons what i call commons is like everyday shit that you can get pretty much at any yard sale and I just had way too many and just didn't have the room. So I gave like, I don't know how many boxes to this lady. Met her at Hyman and gave her like, I don't know how many boxes of VHSs. Just to get them out of my way. But I still got some VHSs. I got some B-movie horrors and horror movies. Horrors. Anyway, horror movies and some other things. And I'd like to sell what I have. But I want a decent price for it because I don't want to give it away. So I've been reluctant to get rid of my VHSs. But pretty much now, I just do the DVD or the streaming streaming stuff. Mostly DVD. I like, like buying my DVDs. But I've got to get them at a good price. I don't like pay, paying top dollar for DVDs because like... Um, everybody's thinking dvd's pretty much on its way out people i mean 
Blu-rays already took over over DVD, which I don't like Blu-ray. And the main reason I don't like Blu-ray is either A, it's my player that I have, or it's just the way Blu-ray is. I think it takes too damn long to load. And the thing about Blu-ray, on my player at least, when you load the movie it, and you're playing the movie, if you if you pause it or stop it, and have to go to the bathroom. Say you hit stop once and you have to go to the bathroom. It seems like it takes it hell and forever to start back to where you left off. I don't like that. The thing with VHS is if you sat down and watched one from the beginning to the end, you had to rewind it. Well, people didn't like that and didn't like the fact they had to fast forward it to find their favorite part. With DVDs, you had the chapters and, and all these special features and stuff. Well, a lot of people don't know, but there was special features on VHS tapes, too. I don't know if Perkins remembers this, and I'm sure Muggs probably listened to this podcast, but when Nightmare on M Street 3 came out on VHS on the media home video edition, and if I'm not mistaken, when they re-released the movies on VHS around like 99, when my grandmother bought me all of them on VHS before I finally got the DVD set, um, they did uh, transfer this over. There was a music video for the song Dream Warriors by Dawkin that played after the movie was over. That was a special feature at the time. You never heard of that. You're like... Hey, man, you get a movie and you get this awesome docking music video. Kids today won't never know what it was like for us to grow up in the 80s, and it's sad. Kids today, they want, they want music. They go to iTunes. All right? They go to iTunes. Back in the day, we had a cassette tape, and we put it in a cassette player. We tuned our radio to, like, WKCB or some station, hoping they would play our favorite song. Then we'd hit the record button so we'd have it. I remember calling WKCB before to tell them to play that song, uh, Row to Me by Delamitri or something. It's just a, a song. It was big. And and I remember that WKCB, like, all night, like, like from, like, 9 or 10 at night would play, uh, Dave's Jukebox or something like that. And it was just all oldies. It was awesome. Radio was good back then. Now radio has went to crap. The only good station we have in this area is 97.9. And I must admit, at times, I don't like it. Now this is going to sound kind of like, uh, what you what are you going to say here? Blasphemous, I guess. But I used to love Pearl Jam. Yeah, I used to love Pearl Jam. Uh, Jeremy and... Uh, Yellow Ledbetter, um, Daughter, all them songs. Well, I heard Pearl Jam's new song on the radio today. It was, it was, I have to, I can't remember the name of it. It was, I swear, I wanted to blow my brains out. That song sucked so bad. Pearl Jam went downhill so bad. It's like the music scenes died. The closer we get to the year, year 2030, which it's 2020 now, the music scene is going to crap. In the 80s, we had a lot of good music. We had a lot of good good artists. We had uh, uh, Holland Oats. We had um, 
Madonna, which Madonna was big in the 80s, and now everybody hates her. We had uh, rock bands like Metallica, Megadeth. We had Slayer. We had like a bunch of good music. Now, what you all got? Oh, yeah, I forgot. You all got, got Justin Bieber and your rap crap. And I say rap crap because most of today's rap is pure shit. I don't like today's rap much. There's very few rap songs of today I like. I have fond memories of having a bootleg cassette that somebody recorded me of Too Short that I used to play on the bus to, to girls on the bus, and I'd be like, listen to this song, and it was Cocktails. Now, I can't play it on the podcast, but you can look it up. Go to YouTube and look up Too Short Cocktails. Now, you talk about some good rap. That was some good rap. He was talking about all the girls he'd had sex with. Then we had Snoop Dogg. We had B.I.G., um, Notorious Big or whatever. We had um, N.W.A. with Ice Cube. We had a lot of good music back then. We had White Snake. We had, um, let's see, who did we have back in the 80s besides White Snake? Uh, Winger, which everybody's going to laugh because Winger, everybody knows that, that pretty much, according to Beavis and Budhead, they suck. But I like Winger. Like the 1991 movie, Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey, the Winger song, Battle Stations, it's fucking awesome. And uh, the song, She Was Only 17, which he was talking about having sex with an underage girl, but that's just the way shit worked in the 80s. We, we had the first portable music system with the Walkman. And now you all have your phones that you use. Uh, it's nothing like it used to be in the 80s. It almost makes me cry when I think about how much stuff has changed, how new technology has taken over, and how the old stuff is pretty much obsolete. I mean, give me a good good dual cassette deck that I can run my TV into, and it's better, better than these uh, newfangled Bluetooth shit that you all got for surround sound systems. Um, cassettes, man. Cassettes would last will last longer than CDs. CDs pretty much deteriorate, get disc rot. Same with DVDs. VHS would would pretty much last you a good long time if you uh kept it in good condition, meaning that you rewound it after you watched it all the time and tried to prevent it from molding. I mean, VHS it took over in the 80s um as uh justin mentioned on talk junkie about the covers of the vhs how they were like pretty much very deceiving i mean you'd get a cover to have a hot chick on it with a gun and then you'd watch the movie and it'd be like hey where's this hot chick with a gun artwork is what sold vhs back in the day and rentals if the case had good artwork, somebody would rent it just to see if the movie was good. And we rented some shitty movies back then because of that. But today, those shitty movies, some of them are worth a fortune. I had one that I sold for $32 on VHS that, that, I, that I only gave like a buck for because 
I didn't think it was anything anybody won't. I figured, hell, I'll watch it once, and then I seen somebody was wanting it on, online. And I said, well, what you give me for it? And they said $30. Well, they ended up giving me $32. I cleared 20 some dollars profit by the time I seen it, which is good. I don't do that every day. Very rarely do I do, I do that. Normally, I'm lucky if I can get a dollar or two out of a VHS tape, which I don't sell my VHS tapes that much. Like I said, I gave some away. I wish I'd know more about Perkins' VHS collection deal before I gave those away because those would have been going to him and he could have did whatever he wanted to with them. Which I've got got some that I probably would would sell at a reasonable price still yet or maybe give Justin, I don't know, maybe trade or something. But yeah, the 80s, man, uh, when we was growing up, you talk about fun times. Nowadays, kids are glued to gaming systems, which we had gaming systems in the 80s, too. We had the Atari 2600, play some Pac-Man, some Galaga, um, on the ColecoVision, play some uh, Burger Time. I remember my aunt like had an Atari and had like a ton of games for it, and I'd play the shit out of it. Then got the Nintendo, and then we had Mario Brothers, Contra. Uh, man, the 80s was a good time to grow up. Yeah, all these video stores, all these good movies coming to the theaters, not to mention the, the promotions in the 80s and early 90s. Like, Ninja Turtles was like big in the 80s with the comics and the cartoon series. But when the movie came out in 1990, around like 92 or something, the Turtles actually like had a world tour where they was in a band. And you could go to Pizza Hut and get like the cassette coming out of our shells tour. You could get the cassette of coming out of our shells tour at Pizza Hut. Burger King, if you joined the Burger King Kids Club, you could get VHSs of Ninja Turtles which they were only single episode tapes but i mean that was good even the happy meal kids meal toys were better everything was better in the 80s and early 90s people were in such a hurry to try to forget the decade that they grew up in but Kids today, especially kids born after 2000, they won't know know about the cool shit like we did. They won't have the cool shit that we did. They, It just ain't there. Our heroes were like masters of the universe and He-Man. We had He-Man figures out the wazoo. We had a bunch of 80s cartoons that were really good and brilliant for the time. Like Brave Star, it was ahead of its time, which I mentioned on an earlier podcast. There was Ghostbusters, uh, the Santurians, um, Mask, which I watched some the other day of Mask, and it does not hold up to me anymore. I don't, just do not like it, like I did when I was a kid. So apparently our thinking changes when we we're a kid from adult, because normally most of the cartoons I watched as a kid, I still love today. But Mask, I just don't know. I just cannot get into it anymore. Silverhawks. Yeah, Silverhawks and Thundercats. We had a lot of good stuff, which these uh, these today kids have Thundercats, but it's a shitty version called Thundercats Roar. K 
Kids today will not know what it's like to grow up in the 80s. It's up to up to parents and people that grew up in the 80s to to try to show them some of the cool stuff that we had in the 80s. Sit down with your child. Watch an episode of Thundercats or the original Ninja Turtles with them. Transformers. Um, get your hand on one of those read-along books with the cassettes off eBay and be like, hey, this is what, what I did when I was a kid before videos was mainstream. Um, just today, I mean, kids have it too easy. We all have it too easy. Everything's automatic. Back in the day... If we wanted to make a make a tape of different songs, it we had to put work into that. We'd have to wait till the songs came on the radio. Now you can go to iTunes and buy them and just burn them on a CD or s slam them on your phone or whatever the hell you want to do. It's just not as good anymore. The only good thing about today's technology is that computer systems and phones and stuff like that gives us more ability to do creative stuff like make videos and podcasts. But not every new element in the world that comes out is going to be as good as some old school 80s tech. Yeah, we, I mean, today, yeah, you can get high definition cameras. But. Just something about the look of like recording your family on a home video, the nostalgia of it. I mean, when I originally started doing my angry uh, movie nerd uh, videos, I had a video camera hooked up to a DVD recorder. That's how I done it. So I could see myself on the screen and I'd record myself on a rewritable DVD and rip it to the computer to make them videos. And then I started using my cell phone for the videos. So, yeah, I used old and new tech. I'm an old tech junkie. If I had my way, there would be none of this new stuff. I still like the old school TVs. I've got one of these new fangled, fangled TVs, and seems like that it's got a lag to it that the old TVs did not have. While I enjoy having a big screen to look at and the ability to uh, hook my computer to it. So if I want to watch a video on YouTube or something or some streaming video that I can watch it on a big TV, I like that feature. But the old TVs, while heavy, I don't know. They just seem to have a better picture on them and they last. Oh, Lord, do they last. I remember my dad buying a brand new TV around, well, the manufacturing date on it was 91. Not sure what year. Probably 90, 92 or 93. Bought that TV, and I mean the buttons that you turned it on with had broke out, but you could still push your finger back in there to turn it on. And I kept that TV till around like 2000 and, I want to say 2006 or 7 before the thing died. Now you're lucky if these flat screen TVs will last you five years. They just don't make the technology like they used to, people. And and why it was heavy was because the components they used. Doc Brown said it best in Back to the Future 3. No wonder this circuit failed. It's made in Japan. 
Well, and then then uh, Marty says, well, all stuff, all good stuff is made in Japan, and he says, unbelievable. That's because back in the day, you did have a lot of good stuff made in Japan. The JVC VCRs. My papa had a had a VCR that he bought probably I'm going to say around maybe eighty four or eighty five, because when he bought it, he bought me a brand new VHS. It was like a Golden Book storybook uh, VHS of He Man, and basically it was just like pretty much it wasn't fully animated. There was a little animation here and there, but basically it was like four stories and just had still pictures. And that VCR lasted, I remember I was out of high school before Papa gave it to me. So that had to be be around 2003 or 4. So it lasted from, let's say, 85 to like 2004 or 5. That's a long lifespan for a VCR. And I remember back in the day, too, a lot of people, like, like today, if you want a movie... Most people, they'll go out and buy it. They'll buy it digitally. Or some people will pirate them off of uh, websites. But back in the day, the free preview HBO weekend was our friend. Get a whole weekend of HBO or Disney Channel. I remember my aunt recording Spaceballs from HBO. And uh, and uh, the first time I ever seen Back to the Future, uh, Pee-wee's Big Adventure... And Ferris Bueller's Day Off was from a bootleg VHS that my papa's brother had recorded for us off HBO. So that was the first time I'd seen those movies. And, I mean, we all did it back in the day. We recorded a lot of TV shows and stuff on VHS. Most people wrestling and stuff. I missed that the most because there was just like, well, I mean, you could still do it today. But the thing about it is, is the DVD recorders, they are expensive. Like the VHS players, you can't buy them anymore. They're not making the dual, they're not making the dual deck VCR DVD players no more. So, um, I don't know why, because there's still a big, huge fan base for VHS. And, but back in the day, there was just something about sitting there and recording the movie waiting for the commercial to come on, hit pause, wait for the movie to come back on, unpause it, and let it record. I remember this was around 2003. I used to be go, I used to go to the Perry County Park all the time with my cousin, Nathan. And it just so happened that Tremors had a TV series on, on Sci-Fi. So some nights we wouldn't, we wouldn't go on Saturday night or whatever. I told him, I said, buddy, if we go, I got to be back home by 11 o'clock because I didn't want to set a timer up because I wanted, back back then, it depended on what mode you recorded the tape in. I was recording the Tremors uh, two episodes per VHS for the highest quality because I didn't think that they would ever release it on VHS and I know eventually that there would be some tech that I could transfer them over to DVD. Well, um... Needless to say, the final episode of Tremors that they aired, I had to set a timer up because I know we weren't going to be be home. But timers, they often fail. So um, I had the final episode of Tremors, uh, the series, with commercials and all. 
which I wish I'd done them all that way in a way because now I find that I'm nostalgic for stuff that has commercials in it. I find myself going to like YouTube and trying to find like old commercial breaks from like the 80s and 90s. I mean, we don't miss it till it's gone. Back in the day, we're like, yeah, we're going to cut these commercials out because that's just taking time up on our tapes and we got to record more wrestling or shows on them because blank VHSs were around $5 back then or more for a blank VHS. And that's the reason why the beta didn't last. The beta uh, tape was known to have a better picture, but they, it just couldn't hold as much. And it was way smaller and stuff. So that's why VHS overtook beta because of the fact that it had a uh, longer length that people could record. Which, um, like, uh, here's an example of how the video industry went. Back in 1990, I believe that's when the original It came out. When they released it on VHS, it was released on two separate tapes. Well, around, uh, I'm thinking about 2005, or 2003, 2004, I bought it on VHS. And it was on one tape. And what they had done, they had um, recorded it in a super slow mode. And... The way they had put it on the tape, they cut out part of the movie that that was on the two-tape deal because they edited it together into one long movie. And I don't know why they done that. I think that was bullshit. It's like the movie The Stand. When The Stand came out, that thing was four tapes long. Um, Lonesome Dove, when it came out, it was four tapes long. Then they went to where they put Lonesome Dove and returned to Lonesome Dove all on one tape in like super slow mode, which you got bad tracking and stuff with it. Cabin Fever, VHS company, released those. I had them. And um, I don't know. Kids today just won't never know what it was like growing up in the 80s. They just have it made so easy. So easy. I hope that I've informed you all some about about an 80s kid's lifestyle. I mean, we used to play outside in the dirt with our action figures, ride bicycles. Kids don't do that today. They're glued to an Xbox or a PS4 playing that Fortnite or something. It's just not like it was back now. Back then, uh, people might have thought it was hard times, but no, it was actually better because... Food was cheaper back then. Everything's went up. Seemed to be like more people cared about their neighbors back then. And and all this, you know, you've seen... There's old people that still do it, put out gardens, but... It's just like when the 80s was gone and we moved into, like, the next century, like the early 2000s, like, I remember the Y2K bug. People worried that the computers was going to go down and they was buying food and stockpiling food and bullets and like all hell was going to break loose when Y2K hit. And you know what, people? Y2K wasn't nothing but a load of bullshit and we all survived it. I mean, the 80s gave us the first news channel, which I think it was launched in like 1985, CNN. 
by Ted Turner. Which now CNN's pretty much a joke, according to Donald Trump, but back then CNN was good. We, I mean, the 80s, I mean, other decades compared to like the past 20 years, man, was way better than what they are now. Our cell phones in the 80s, if you could afford one, was big ones. Watch Saved by the Bell. Look how big Zach Morris's cell phone was. That was another thing come from the 80s. Saved by the Bell. Also, there was another series that was a Canadian series called Degrassi. Junior High. There was 21 Jump Street. Um, Johnny Depp got his start in uh, Nightmare on M Street and then 21 Jump Street. A lot of people uh, just know Johnny Depp nowadays from like Pirates of the Caribbean and stuff. But no, he was around when we were kids and he got his start in the 80s. There's a lot of good stuff that came out of the 80s. Uh, Cabbage Patch Kids. There's a big war over the Cabbage Patch Kids. Just like when the Tickle Me Elmo's came out. People fighting over Cabbage Patch Kid dolls. I'm telling you people, Google some 80s history and look at all the cool stuff that came out that I didn't mention in this video and you'll see why us 80s kids are so nostalgic for the 80s. Like the video stores, the music, the video games, like all of it. Now, I've droned on for about 40-some minutes now, and I'm pretty much hoping that I was informative. This was just like a spur-of-the-moment thing that I thought I'd do. So, this is just me by myself. I guess Mug's in the bed or something. I might have should have passed this one by him and seen if he wanted to talk about it, but maybe... Me and him will talk about this later on. Maybe I can get Perkins in here to talk about it too. Because we all grew up in the 80s. And uh, when we grew up in the 80s, we know what life was. It wasn't easy, but it wasn't hard. There was innocence about growing up in the 80s. For one... Uh, girls like 12 or 13 years old did not dress like they do now. Uh, we had fanny packs. And in the early 90s, we had one of the greatest bands to ever come along called Green Jelly. And the reason they was called Green Jelly is because they was originally called Green Jello. And if you can find a Green Jello CD of the Serial Killer soundtrack... It's probably worth quite a bit of money considering they had to change their name because the Jell-O company didn't, uh, like, tried to sue them or whatever. But Green Jelly, Three Little Pigs, we all can't forget that. That was, like, about 93 or something. I'm sure Perkins remembers that, and I'm sure that uh, Mug remembers that. I used to go around, around high school, and this was, like, late, 90, late 90s, early 2000s, and I used to be, like, Rock and Roll Pumpkin, say it again. Because there was a song that just said Rock and Roll Pumpkin over and over by Green Jelly, but it was good. Then there was uh, The Three Little Pigs, Obey the Cow God. Um, let's see. Uh, there was uh, Flight of the Shijakua. There was uh, Misadventures of the Shit Man. 
And the best part of that song was at the end when you hear the toilet flush and that guy goes, We got poo-poo. I mean, we had some good stuff back in the day that kids ain't never going to know about. I mean, you got your Justin Bieber's and your Selena Gomez's and your uh, Caitlyn Jenner's and and uh, all this other stuff. You're never going to know what it was like to grow up in the 80s, and it's sad. It's sad. But I've talked for a good long while. This, like I said, was just a spur-of-the-moment thing. I just wanted to get some stuff off my chest like Mug did in the Can You Hear Me episodes. So I'm going to leave it at this. If you can get your hands on a VCR and get your hands on a VHS tape, of a classic 80s movie say goonies beetlejuice something like that hook that vcr up to your newfangled tv sit back enjoy the tracking issues and watch a movie how we used to and then maybe you'll feel some some nostalgia for like the way we did but it's doubtful considering you didn't grow up in the 80s but the 80s was a good decade that people like to say that they want to forget But in the back of our heads, I know a bunch of us would like to travel back to the 80s and relive it again because it was one of the greatest times in our lives. We just didn't see it then. We see it now because we know what the world has become. So on that note, hope you enjoy your night, day, whenever you listen to this and catch us again on the Raven Television Attic Podcast.